Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, so, yeah, how have you been? I've been great, dude. Any any updates on, on, on life itself? Well, I'll tell you what. Outside of the fact that I feel like a knight who's just been ridden through the gauntlet, I don't know. I just wanted a cool Dallas line. <laughs> so no, everything's been awesome, which I feel bad about because you're talking about your rainy life, and I'm talking about like everything's on the up and up for Andrew. No, I mean you have to embrace the happiness when it comes. You know, just because someone else has a has been having a a a, a rough a rough time. You know, because it can happen to anyone. So you, when the happiness comes, you gotta, you gotta take it. It's like a, it's it's like getting an extra chicken nugget with your with your McNuggets from McDonald's. You don't go back and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, um, I only ordered six and you gave me eight. You know, you take those extra two and you take it in stride and you, you know, you say thank you to the McNugget gods that they blessed you on this day. Yeah, but I'm a little nervous that when you get one less than you're supposed to, you're going to go back and it's going to be like falling down. <laughs> like just Michael Douglas straight up going insane on the place. I love that scene too when the when the manager's just arguing with him and he's like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. We don't do breakfast at this time." And then he's just standing there with a gun in the bag and he's like, "Hey, I'm really sorry too. It's just, like it just goes insane, and I feel like that may have inspired a lot of horrible things. <laughs> oh, it definitely did. Like it, what the hell? Like how could a movie scene be so entertaining and then just like, wow, that's a horrible thing that happens so often. <laughs> it, it it definitely has uh, sparked a lot of um, we'll just say controversial actions that have been taken oh, against. Oh my god. But Michael Douglas, great actor, man. He's, you know, he's been, I feel like he's looked the same for my entire life. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he's been old since we've been alive. Older. Yeah. Anyway. Like, he was in his 40s, I think, when we were born. Yeah. But, yeah, so he's always had a little gray going, and it just got more and more gray. And he just looks more and more like Daddy Michael Douglas. <laughs> Daddy. And in that way, he's never aged. I think that's the trick. That's the trick to aging is to look fifty-five when you're thirty-five. Dude, I'm conquered. <laughs> I already do that. <laughs> I'm gonna never age. That's us, dude. I'll be in my seventies and I'll just still be walking around like I don't care. <laughs> just, like, oh, you, you look, you look just the same as you were when you were twenty-five. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but you know what? I'm gonna take it. Who Morgan Freeman is another person who's been old my entire life. Dude, the voice though, sultry voice. Isn't like he... imagine if he did the scene from falling down, how <laughs> how much different it would have played out. It'd have been like, I am very sorry too. What? Like, what are you sorry about? <laughs> Hold on, let me put it together. <laughs> be like, they'd be like, oh, like screwing it in scene. 
everyone would be watching. You'd be like, I trust you so much, but this is so bad. <laughs> that that wasn't a bad Morgan Freeman either. I'm very sorry. You really think that? I thought I butchered it. I was just making a point. <laughs> no, I, I I think you had the the cadence down and the. You, you mean, I mean, you, you never really get the, the voice exactly right, but you got the cadence down. It's like, I'm very sorry. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was great. I love it. That's I right. love you do the voice drone. That's just, ah. <laughs> Imagine Morgan Freeman calling a baseball game. <laughs> Bottom of the fifth. Two on, two out. For the New York Mets. <laughs> and there it goes. The ball out of the stadium. That, my friends, is a home run. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it's coming, and it still feels great when he gets there. All of his lines are like that. Dude, I even watched him with Clint Eastwood in this movie called Unforgiven, which if you haven't seen, you have to see it. It's amazing. Never seen it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's in a movie with Clint Eastwood called Unforgiven, and it's great. He still has that cadence. He's got a bit of a deeper southern accent. Like, he's trying to sound like he's from out west. So he's got more of a western accent, but he kind of he just says stuff the same as he always does, and it's like, wow, this is so entertaining. <laughs> and, like, he's sitting there, at one scene and he's like I don't know like he feels bad because he used to be an assassin with Clint Eastwood and it's the cowboy times like it's 1885 I think and Clint Eastwood is like this legendary cowboy assassin who was just god awful and apparently got married assumed another name and pretended to be a normal dude and had kids and then they get this whole other job and in this whole town where Gene Hackman's the villain. I'm totally giving away the plot. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they take shots at these people and like Morgan Freeman feels bad for killing people again after not doing it for so long. And Clint Eastwood's like, how many shots do you have left? And he's like, how many shots do you have left, Ned? And he goes to say two. And you know he's going to say two by the way his eyes look. And, like, the whole time, I knew the line two was coming. And then still, when he said two, it was like a smack in the face of glory. Of glory. Yeah, like, just straight up, like, just just, just a god hand of whap. But you're happy about it. <laughs> There's right now a semi driving through the field behind my house. I'm just watching a semi drive right, like, right by me. Now, can, can can you ask them to blow the horn? Yeah, I can't see me from where I am. Oh, that's a shame. That's nuts, though. Like he's just standing, like he's just he's just driving right through there, and then he just keeps stopping and then driving more. Dude, hay season in farm country is crazy, dude. <laughs> so a, a lot has happened since we've. Uh gotten on a call to to record for uh this show of ours welcome to what's that show about buffalo by the way oh dude yeah we never say that <laughs> <laughs> i think it's better that we forget to say it and then say it in the middle 
kind of like yeah, a, just a little bit, like every so often. Oh yeah, the show that we do. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, you know, I've been more active at the fire hall. That's been fun. Is it are there is it is it busier during the during the summer months or is it about the same? See there are people who have opinions in both directions. I will say in both seasons, summer, winter, it's kind of just like whenever the weather's nice, people kind of drive worse anyway. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I, I kind of just find stuff to be even keel. People are always hurting themselves. <laughs> so it never really feels like it slows down. But if you're at kind of a high volume uh, fire department, then, you know, stuff just happens. What about uh, 4th of July and firework action? Actually, I uh, did standby for the fireworks in our town, and that was fun. I loved it. Hmm. The only thing is, like, you know, I will say this, and it's time that I made a joke about this because we've been on for a while. Having IBS as a firefighter is interesting. <laughs> like, knowing where the bathrooms are in places is so funny. And, like, walking into the bathroom at uh, the park that, uh, we were at was called Oppenheim and walking into the bathroom of that park and trying to figure out the bathroom situation and realizing that I really just should have taken my bunker pants off because I wasn't doing anything. I could have just not worn them in there, but it's this whole other layer of clothing. That's not really clothing so much as it is. I don't know, more like gear to keep you really, really safe but not safe for a long time. <laughs> like that's what that's what fire gear is. It's it's meant to keep you really really safe for like 6 seconds while you get the heck out of whatever you're in. Huh. So it's Like I love in in uh it doesn't happen so much in like shows like Chicago Fire, which I got to hand it to them. Yes, they do the same thing as every other dramatic thing about firefighters they kind of make it seem like every day is just slammed <laughs> and then on top of it just every day is just like a horrible situation one horrible situation after another and um that is not true i mean don't get me wrong everybody's got their fair share of stories both good and bad but i will say this there's a lot more just showing up and helping people for like like a 10 minutes and going leaving huh like, I don't want to make fun of any calls, but there's a lot more of uh, just helping people up a lot of the times. I think my favorite is, like, when when it's a kid who didn't want to call. Like, if you got, like, a kid who, like, scraped their knee really bad, and, like, the whole time that you're there, they're like, yeah, no, it's fine. No, I'm cool. <laughs> I didn't want to – I didn't really feel like I had to call you, but, like, it, it just kept bleeding, and I – I don't know, man. Like, I couldn't stop it. And you're like, no, it's fine, dude. I don't care. And you're like, they're like, no, but uh, it wasn't that, that. It's not so bad. Like, really, it's not so bad. I feel like it's not that. And then you go to clean it out. And you're like, the And it's like, it's so great. They wanted like, to show off in front of the firefighter. Like, nah, I'm, I'm a tough guy. No, nah, I mean, this is nothing. But like, I just love when, when, when you're a firefighter, a lot of times, and oh, my gosh. First of all, hats off to, to 
any female firefighters out there because my God, uh, do they really hold a crew together and boy, do they really bring it. Um, but anyways, the other thing I'm going to say is, uh, anytime there's a female firefighter on the crew, funniest thing when it's a dude who just like hurt himself a little, like a broken arm or something. And he's like, ah, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> he's like, don't even, don't even worry about it. I'm cool. I'm totally cool. Like so, like one to ten. How much is your pain? And they're like, seven, four. <laughs> and it's like, really? Because it kind of sounded like you were gonna say like seven. <laughs> uh, I would absolutely tell the truth in that situation. This is a and twelve. And most people do. Like I'm not looking to make fun. Most <laughs> people do. But I just love the the off chance that you get somebody who's really who's really uh, really concerned with their image as well as as well as being there and i will just say um never concerned with image anybody who's been a dad gotta hand it to dad, every dad out there once they're a dad no matter their age less concerned with image when the call shows like i love the dads that just show up at the door in underwear when it's like in the morning and they're like yeah so i don't know my kid and i called and and they're like being a good dad because they called you, but they're like, they feel bad because they don't know what's going on. And they're like, so he's doing this thing that he doesn't do. <laughs> That's and it's a true always dad. like, no, I get that. I totally get that. That's a true dad right there. But I love it. I love it, dude. Like, and just the dad energy that's brought to the world every time we get a call like that. My favorite is when it's like a dad who's super concerned and he hovers over the situation because he has to have been there. He's there for his family. So he's right there the whole time you're doing everything. And he's like, if you guys need any help, like if, uh, if you need help moving or anything, and it's always like, no, really appreciate it, but I'm really not allowed to do that. I don't, you know, if something goes wrong, then I get in trouble because I let somebody else touch stuff. And I said, don't get me wrong. Do we cheat? At like horribly large situations, totally. It's like I remember there was that fire down in Lockport, and there's a bunch of firefighters who tell stories of having people move a bunch of five-inch hose when it's full of water, which would weigh like hundreds of pounds, I imagine. <laughs> I've moved five-inch before, but most of the time it doesn't have water in it. You should get off this topic because if we just keep talking about firefighting, I'll jaw your ear off for like three hours. I was going to ask you, uh, do you think there should be more uh, shows about firefighters? You know, there's a lot of, you know, NCIS, there's cops. and. Uh... Tell you what, I had this idea that I was working on where I wanted to show like a more realistic firefighting either movie or show. And I kind of wanted to make it more about volunteers because there's far more volunteer or call firefighter departments, which is like part-time. Mm-hmm. And there's like way more of those programs out in the world than there are paid departments. Like in Buffalo, definitely paid. Big city. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls, also heavily populated city. Definitely paid. North, to- North Tonawanda, surprisingly paid, but half volunteer. Hmm. Um, Lockport, heavily populated uh, city, so 
you got a paid force. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of small, but honestly, it's been getting bigger, so they're not doing a terrible job. That's pretty much the area around us. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of stuff, but there's a ton of volunteer companies, though. You're getting the firefighter perspective here on what's that show about Buffalo? Yeah, you know, it's a fun time. Uh, I've already asked if you want. We could have other guys that I that I uh, have been on my crew before, um, and they're, you know, they're amazing. Mike Genesad Dad is pretty cool. His brother Justin. They're kind of like a firefighting dynasty at our hall because, like, their their dad is now the chief, and Mike is the third assistant chief, and Justin's the lieutenant. And I'm sure they'll all just move up from there. Like an empire. They really are, man. And it's so cool. Like I said, and that's kind of what happens in firefighting, not just in volunteer departments, but everywhere. It's a, it's a, I don't want to call it a cult because it's like a cult of personality, but like it's, um, it really is a tight fraternity. Like once you're in, you're a brother or sister and everybody cares about you in that world. And that's why everybody sticks with it. Like, I'll be honest, actors can be tight. And there's just as many dramatic problems in firefighting. But um, I've just never met a world where people have got your back more often. And, like, you can disagree so much with a person, but you still know when you go into a fire that that guy's going to pull you out if you, like, go down or something. I mean, it's definitely a team mentality, definitely a squad mentality. You know, everybody uh, learns how to move in rhythm. And the thing about being mostly a volunteer out in Niagara County is you learn how to move in rhythm with people that you're you're not always moving with. Hmm. Because, like, totally, uh, I've been friends with Mike Genesad for years. I, oh, God, I hope he doesn't mind that I've used his name like eight times. <laughs> I've been friends with my friend Mike. Maybe we should black out his last name because I've said it a lot. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can edit it out. Heck, yeah. But anyways, uh, make it a funny word like shouldn't have said it. <laughs> like just a funny phrase like Genesad Dad. I'm going to use that right there. <laughs> so perfect. But anyways, uh, my buddy Mike is, uh, we've been friends since high school and he's been one of my best friends for years. Um, and like when I was sick and stuff, he was like, him and his brother were two firefighters that checked in on me all the time, you know? And so like, that's, that's the brotherhood right there. And, you know, and I'll always appreciate them just for that. But to me, mentally, that felt the same as if, like, they were pulling me out of a fire because I felt really, really sick at that time, and I felt like I wasn't going to make it. And getting checked in on like that really made me feel a lot better. I feel like having that kind of, like, support makes you stay in something that is deemed pretty dangerous a lot longer, knowing that you have people that have you back all the time. Absolutely. And like I said, are there fair shares of problems like in any workplace? Absolutely. And you are employees no matter where you are. You know, you're you're helping people and you've got an image to protect. And 
sure in the mostly volunteer sector do you get away with not always wearing a complete uniform yeah i mean if it's during if it's like during uh uh summer and i'm doing uh, like outdoor work i'll sometimes i show up gross but i try not to do that and i always try to keep a like a shirt of mine in the car so that if i go in uh you know getting called then i can still help out you're you get to be among the people and that has to be a, a a good feeling as well knowing that you're 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 providing a service that is very much needed well totally and i tell you that's that's kind of why you do it cuz it's uh you get a great you know pretty much you get a pretty good retirement either way volunteer paid that sort of thing they try to take care of you cuz you took care of people and if you stay in it for years, you end up with pretty good benefits. You know, there's benefits that are paid to your family if you get hurt and stuff like that. So people really do take care of you in that way. But at the same time, what really ends up mattering to you most is like you're just your friends who end up joking around with you when you're hanging out at the station and stuff. And like those are the guys that you think of. And I'll tell you, anytime that I've gone into a fire, um, a lot of times I've been with Mike. A lot of times I've been with Justin. But any time that I've actually gone and responded to a fire, I always think of uh, the moments that I've had with them uh, throughout my life. And it's always weird because I always do that. And I can always do both things at once. Like, it's never been too much of a distraction. But I've always just had these flash of moments of, like, other times that we've had. And it's always so funny that it comes up in those moments. Is it almost like a... Like a almost like a motivational thing. Like I've had these memories with, with these guys and that, that that's what I'm doing this for. Like that's how I have to make it out of here and make sure I get these guys out of here with me. Yeah. And it's kind of like a half brain thing because like one half of your brain, when you're hanging out with other firefighters just wants to talk about other calls you've been on. And then like the other half about, um, you know, the, the other half uh, of your brain when you're in those situations, I feel at least, I've always imagined myself hanging out in, in the situations where it's uh, intense. So it's like when you're hanging out, you're thinking of intensity. But when you're in the intense situation, I'm always just thinking about hanging out. What is your relationship with, with death? Dang, man, why don't you just kick me in the balls and put that on the air? I don't know. I'll tell you, it's the weirdest thing to see it happen. That's uh, that's about all I can tell you. I don't know. It happens uh, sometimes, and it doesn't happen other times. And when it doesn't happen, you, I don't know, you feel like a... It's probably going to sound nerdy, and I know any of my my firefighting friends that are going to hear this are going to laugh at me but like i just feel like that's the closest modern day feeling to like being a knight in that moment right there when somebody like lives or like gets saved because of something you do that's where it's like i feel like that's where it's at right there like i feel like you ask any of those guys if you could that came from any of those orders i bet you they would tell you right there like it's it's about people and then what, what about yourself in those situations? Well, I'll tell you, you, you just feel good that uh, 
you were able to help. And then I guess when bad stuff happens, you got people around you that are always reminding you that you were still there to help. I think we've gotten dark enough. Let's uh, let's, let's go to break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Drew Barrymore. Where would we be without Drew Barrymore? I'll tell you where we'd be. We'd be Drew Barry-less. Drew Barrymore is one of the most iconic figures in entertainment. This is me looking up facts about Drew Barrymore. The Drew Barrymore Show, a talk show that airs... Hold on. One second. One second. Where does this... Oh, two seasons. Started in 20... Drew Barrymore presents human interest stories, celebrity guests, lifestyle segments, and field pieces, all driven by her infectious brand of humor and... uh, Humor? And optimism. I think that's... I think that's... That's pretty good. Actually, I'm going to watch this, actually... Oh, it's a syndication. Oh, that's it. 43 minutes. That's not bad. Uh, where can I watch the Drew Barrymore show? Oh, it's on everything. Okay. Uh, so thank you to Drew Barrymore, and thank you for listening to What's That Show About Buffalo. And we're back. <laughs> that's great. That's, for us, it was like two seconds. Just want yeah. everyone else to know. Like, you just sat there for two <laughs> seconds in silence. And we're back. So whatever's in between. <laughs> Just know. That was two seconds for me. Yeah. yeah right. I feel like your intention is always to just derail my thought process before we get going. No, what? No way. No way, Jose. In secret, Dallas is like a special forces hypnotist. Ugh. That was a crazy noise. What was that? So I'm watching the Mets, and uh, I'll, I'll, I won't be too descriptive as not to get uh, sued by MLB uh, but there was a fly ball and two outfielders were coming at it at the same time and I got very nervous for my New York Metropolitans but uh, they made the out third out onto the middle of the sixth inning against the Atlanta Braves and we're all good good for the match Dale Thank you. I'm I'm very I'm I'm excited. We're going into All Star break with the with the first place lead. Um, although this is the time of year where I get quite nervous because this is the time of year where injuries happen. All of a sudden, you lose seven out of eight games, and then you're four and a half games behind the Braves in the division, and then you're battling with the Cardinals for a final wild card spot. Mm-hmm. But right now we're we're looking good. Uh, Scherzer is looking great coming off of uh, rehab. Uh, Degrom is currently in rehab. He's destroying minor leaguers. Hopefully he'll be back after the All Star break and we'll be back up and running and keep the good season going and hopefully make a World Series run where we'll likely play the New York Yankees, a team that I despise, and hopefully we can beat them. In uh, four games, watch that game together and record it, and just and just dig at each other the whole time. We should have a watch party. That would be awesome. Let's have a watch party. You know what? When's the next time they even play the Yankees? Uh, I think in August, Subway Series. Dude, let's get together and watch those games and record every single one and just hate each other for those moments. Mm, let's do it. 
a, a nice Yankees Mets watch party. One of us is totally going to get creamed, and it's going to be the funniest thing ever. Because <laughs> if you get, if I get creamed, you're going to be super dignified about it, and you, and it's going to be funny because you're going to be like a mess man. You're going to be like, dude, technically it was a better game, and uh, your players suck, and. Uh, <laughs> That's why you lost. And then if I win, I'm totally going to be a Yankees fan about it. And I'm just going to be like, that's it. You sucked the bitches. You did it. That was all you guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I get, I get very emotional about the Mets. Like the Mets and the Miami Heat are the only sports professional franchises that I'm emotionally attached to. Like if they lose, my day is ruined. Can, we, can I come watch a Heat game with you? When they when they when they come back, yes, it, yeah. it had to be like a playoff game. The regular season, I'm okay, but in the playoffs, it gets uh, it gets rough. Especially if especially when we played Boston last postseason. Oh man, I was, I hate Boston so much. Hey Dallas, tell the people how you feel about Boston and why you hate. Them. I despise Boston. All right, you know what? Let me let me get into this. Boston is. It's not even the worst city ever. It's like on a list of worst cities ever, it's the title of the list. That's how bad it is. Like Boston's of the world. Yeah, That's the great. Boston's of the world. Like it's Dude, so bad. It's like I can already tell my mom is listening to this and just seething. And like I love Boston too. I just think it's hilarious. Uh, but my mom is like straight up listening to this and being like, oh, he's such a nice young man. But I just I just don't like this one. How dare he? It's a terrible place. My mom is just as dignified as you are. If it was my dad, he'd be like, I don't give a f- about Boston. But like my mom is always like, no, we don't swear. And she like, I love when she's still shocked when I saw like a bad word around her. And she's like, don't speak this way in front of your mother. And I'm always like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just leave. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm going to give my, my top four terrible cities. All right. I want to hear. That's great. Number four, Cleveland. Dude, why do you hate all the places that I kind of like? Like, I feel like I'm getting attacked here. I don't understand what there is to like about Cleveland. It's another Buffalo. It's pretty much the same. There's light attractions. There's a little bit better attractions in Cleveland. Who the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there? I mean... I, That's it. I, I am dragging your ass to Cleveland. And I, uh, actually, I'm busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm busy that day. You human dog. Whichever, whichever, whichever day we go to Cleveland, I'm busy. I have, uh, I have to watch my cat. I have to watch. Oh, wait. That's actually ready. You do have a cat now. Ah, shit. I have like eight other people at my house to watch my cat. Yep, just me and Clarice over here. Uh, Number three. Uh, Number three has to be... I'm going... 
Atlanta. See, they have family in Atlanta, dude. What is that? It's like you're reading my mind and trying to hurt me. I love Atlanta. What? Uh, it's it's uh you know it's not really the city it's the people, it's the people right. and more yeah. specifically Atlanta Braves fans, they're the worst. Oh, boy. Now my uncle Dave is seething if he's listening to this. Good God! They're the worst. They're spoiled. They don't know. They don't know anything. I mean, your team wins a division for twelve years, never wins a World Series, and then you you bully Ronald Acuna because he wants to be the cool kid. He wants to wear chains. He wants to wear his hat backwards. And then you got gatekeepers of the game like Freddie Freeman and Brian McCann telling he can't do. He can't be flashy. He can't do all this stuff. You got to play the game the. I mean, the right way. No, get that BS out of here. Let him play baseball. Let him have fun. You gatekeepers of the game. They're rat think bastards, and they don't deserve anything. God. Number two. Um, I just, <laughs> insane to be up in this place, dude. We went, this is a bent episode. You talked about firefighting and I got all lame and nothing fucked it. Now you're just hot. Number two. I can't think of number number two at the moment. I think I'll go with, I think I'll go with L.A. Heck yeah. LA is overrated. It's also very, cool. very segregated, but we won't get into that. And number one is, of course, Boston. Actually, I lied. Number two is New York City. All right. Now, what is going on here? <laughs> now, and now, I just feel like you're just attacking all that is Andrews. New York City. It's it's again. It's the people. How are we on the same show? Everyone accuses me, including yourself, of sounding like I was born in New York City, and you literally are on the same show with me, listening to my accent all all the time. Mm-hmm. How do I get away with this? It's it's because people from New York City have this idea that they're that they're tougher than everyone else because they're from New York City. Like they, they, they consider coming from New York City a character trait. Yeah, but they don't know that they're not as tough as Buffalonians. They just don't come here ever. And you can't blame them for that. The closest they get is Fredonia. And what, what exposure do they get there? Like, like people, they, they say like, oh, I'm, I'm from New York. Like, this is nothing. I'm, I'm from New York. Like, oh, like what is being from New Like, is there, is there some kind of like medicine you get in New York that makes you immune to to tough situations maybe in manhattan i get 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 i I hope i hope people from new york city you know i I, you should be ashamed of yourself okay i hope you don't trip when you finally decide to get over yourself like do you not like impractical jokers no oh Never seen it, honestly. I just, I just had to go with the. <laughs> well, just straight up answering with confidence. I don't, I don't know actually, but no. Uh, I just got a feeling. Stupid. And like I said, number one is Boston. I think they're so great. You're not. You're in the middle of nowhere. And Matt Damon, where is Matt Damon even from? Is Matt Damon even from Boston? Because he's always playing a Bostonian in movies. We've been over this before. I think, yeah. Isn't he from Massachusetts? Didn't we look it up and everything? Let's see. I, I believe we did. We may have done this show before. Matt Damon is from... 
He's from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Matt Damon is 51 years old. That's crazy. He went to Harvard? Well, yeah. I mean, he wrote Goodwill Hunting about Harvard. I mean, anyone can write about Harvard. Yeah, but would you? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) What'd you say? Touche. Like, I feel like that's why he wrote about it. Like, he went there. He's proud of it. Who wouldn't be if they went there? But at the same time, when you don't go there, bone them. I don't care. All right, that's my that's my list of top of, of actually no wait, I want to change it. Number five is Washington D.C. No reason why it just needs to be on the list. Which brings me to my to my question for you. Uh, so we it's been a while since we've gotten on here, and a lot of things have happened, uh, such as July Fourth weekend. Um, and uh, the hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut. He oh, might, yeah. He might be an alien. He, dude, what is up with that dude? Over, over 50 hot dogs, and he choked the dude out while eating hot dogs. He might be an alien and a superhero. So my but question to scary. you is... It's scary what he's capable of. It's, it's very nerve-wracking. It's also hot dogs. Like it's that's a that's a pretty disgusting. Uh, I don't even want to call it meat. It's a little yeah. It's a little wide. If you were given ten minutes, what could you out eat a professional in? Like what could you eat out eat a professional in? Like in, in a competition eating competition, you have ten minutes. Eat as much of this as you can. What could you win that competition eating? Nothing. I have IBS. I yeah, can't eat like true. more than six bites of anything. <laughs> Dude, yeah, if the contest was how little of something you can eat. Like, if the contest was like, can you take like eight little baby bird bites and then not be happy about it? And then afterwards, it's like, what did you eat, you piece of garbage? Dude, I just got wild Al Pacino as a stomach. You really did. Every time I eat bad stuff, he's like, what are you doing to me? My stomach is like a Denzel Washington. A Denzel Washington. Especially when I have dairy. It's Denzel Washington and training day. That's the best. If I have a milkshake. You think you can do this to me? That's exactly what it is. That's the feeling. See, with my stomach, though, if it was Denzel Washington, which, of course, it cannot be, but if it was to be Denzel Washington, um, I would say that it would be more like the equalizer Denzel Washington <laughs> because it's, like, more like reasoning, but, like, coldly. Because, like, I'll sit there for a second, like, now maybe I'll get over it. And then he's like, now, listen, Junior, I expect a five-star rating. <laughs> And he's like, I am good. What does he say? This isn't for me. It's for who? For Amy? For who? And then he breaks his hand and it's like, that's exactly what my stomach is like. This is for ice cream. For what? For ice cream. For what? For ice cream. <laughs> I also I also imagine like you have a, a milkshake or something and your stomach like in Denzel Washington egg equalizer. He sets the timer. It's like 
All right, 16 seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an hour and 38 minutes. That's how long you have left to live. <laughs> and then when you're sitting there on the toilet, he's doing this scene where he's literally sitting there and he's like, now listen, this is all <laughs> happening because you had to go and eat five guys. You thought that peanut oil would be healthy enough. Why would you think that? It's still fried. What do you think is good about the frying process? Stop doing that. Stupid. And then you're like, I don't want to poo again. And then he's like, 27 seconds. 26 seconds. We'll be right back with more of What's That Show About Buffalo. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so other people can find us. You can listen to us on Spotify and Google Podcast and wherever you find your podcast. If you want to hang out and be on the show, be sure to send us a message. We're on Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach out to us individually on Instagram and Facebook, and we will get to you as soon as Why is it like doing like a, a voicemail recording? All right, back to the show. Dude, Denzel, though powerful actor sometimes my stomach gives me a little Macbeth energy I um I didn't I didn't get a chance to see Macbeth oh I thought it was amazing people panned the crap out of that movie and I was like you know what did they make it like a like a, a straight up like pseudo Roman play era background and like feel yeah but I thought that was kind of cool because it was like history of theater while at the same time, because like they didn't make it feel medieval. It actually felt more dark ages Roman, which is more true to history, but they made the feel like you were in a Roman play. See, I, I like that. I like that. And that's what I'm talking about. Like it was so cool and people were like hating it. And I was like, I thought he was really cool. Instead, they gave the Oscar to Willard Smith. Is his whole name Willard? Uh, yeah, it's Willard. That's great. Another. Why didn't Chris Rock say something about his name? He could have picked on that all night. <laughs> I mean, he still might have got smacked, but then there would have been no controversy at all. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Like, they could have just escorted William out right away. You hit him because he made a joke about your face. <laughs> Willard. Willard. That's great. What if that's a joke that you're telling me and his name's not actually Willard? And uh, you're just making me believe that so I look stupid. And, like, the whole world knows it's William and I look like an ass. I wish it was. I wish it was. But his, na- his real name is Willard. I'm gonna look it up because I'm 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 like a dog with a bone on this. Willard. Stop. Look around. Stop. Look around. His full name is Willard Carroll Smith the Second. Funny how he didn't name his kids like Carol Dang. Just shooting freaking shades everywhere. Another guy I want to tell to get over himself is Elon Musk. I told you that he wasn't going to buy Twitter because he he can never execute a plan. Nope. And you know what's crazy is you're so smart. It's kind of (laughs) hot. 
<laughs> I told you. He does the same exact thing every single time. He has a plan to do I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And what happens? He doesn't do it. Is anybody surprised? I'm not surprised. So Elon no. Musk, like I said before, you, my friend, are a fraud. I love you. What? <laughs> All right. Rant over. Can you do another rant? Uh, let's what, see. What else do you hate? What else do I hate? Ooh, perfect. People who rail against the WNBA. Okay. You people are losers. Capital L, capital O, capital S-E-R-S. Losers. Because you don't really like the game of basketball. And what else you don't like? You don't like women. That's really what you're saying. You're a misogynist. You're sexist. You think the game is boring because they don't dunk and do alley-oops and all this stuff. You think, right. it, you think that they can't shoot and that they're, they're, un, they're, they're not talented and they're terrible at basketball. I've seen the Orlando Magic play basketball. They're terrible. I could beat all five of them by myself. They're bad. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are a disgrace of a franchise. You and I, Andrew, we could start our own basketball team and we could instantly become better than the, San, than the Sacramento Kings. They're that bad. I could have my cat Clarice be the owner and the general manager of our basketball team and she'd still be more effective than the Sacramento Kings management. And she's a cat. Well, she, people would like her. Yeah, and she'd know what she was doing even though she can't speak English. And she poops in a box. Realistically, though, pooping in a bowl is not much more advanced. That's a good point. That's all we do. Like, I got to be honest, cats match humans in most things. And like, yeah, we have to change the box, but imagine if a cat figured out how to change their own box. That's like, that's the last step. Then they're just a foreign person with their own language. Do you think, like, animals are happier in tropical places? Because, like, it always looks like hell in tropical places for wild things. I mean, it looks like hell when you're poor in tropical places. But, like, when you have money in tropical places, it's great. When you don't have money in tropical places or are an animal in a tropical place, I feel like your life is actually really shitty. Hmm. Well, animals also don't have money. Because they don't have pockets. But I think animals... I like how that's the only reason in your head that animals would not have money. Like, it has nothing to do with not being human. Just to you, it's like, well, if they had pockets, they'd definitely figure it out. I mean, I think, well, I mean, aside from the kangaroo, but the baby goes in there, so they can't really, like, have money in there with the baby because otherwise the baby would spend it. Now, I've always wondered. I don't know if there's a scientific fact to back this up, but has any kangaroo figured out that you could put anything in that? Or are they purely instinctual about it? Like, I wonder, has any kangaroo just one time been like, I could put a melon in here. Just collecting stuff. Just the kangaroo goes, like, ooh, this is nice. Ooh, I like this too. Yeah, like, and do you think male kangaroos are ever mad that they don't have a pouch? Like, she doesn't even need it. She can just carry the thing. She makes me carry the thing. Why can't I have a pouch? 
I have a wallet. With no money inside. Did you know that most kangaroos are left-handed? Secretly, I've been a kangaroo this whole time. That's why you, uh, that's why you like to hop to it. Yo, Mary Angela's calling. Uh-oh. Ooh. Could I? You want her to join the show? I don't think I can from my end. Oh. I should tell her to call you and see what happens. Okay. Hang on. Let me text her. We'll take a quick break right here. Hello? Hello? I can hear you. Hey, what's up? Nothing much. I just got out. And now you're on the episode. Welcome to the hey. episode. Thank you. We were having a Everyone, very Mary important discussion. Yeah. in 42nd Street. Everyone should see 42nd Street at Lockport Palace Theater. Shout out to Lockport Palace. They're doing a great show. I love that show. Thank you. Yeah, I am playing Maggie Jones. So come, come out and see. Heck yeah. We were having a very important discussion before you got on, and we wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay, what is the discussion? Uh, so, we, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around in the world, and we wanted to make sure that we had your perspective on it because we're just two guys talking about it. But do you think that male kangaroos are upset that they don't have a pouch? Wait, what did you say? You cut out a little. Do you think that male kangaroos are upset that they don't have a pouch? Probably. All right, very good. Uh, thank you for listening to What's That Show About Buffalo. Uh, my name is Dallas. That's the best. That's a perfect end. I'm Andrew. That's so crazy. And I'm Mary Angela. Heck yeah. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify and Google Podcast. And uh, Mary Angela, you want to tell the people about your show? I am in 42nd Street right now. Uh, I am playing Maggie Jones. Um, I sing a bunch of songs. I do a little other stuff. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun show. It's a lot of dance, a lot of spectacle. Uh, I get to wear a fancy dress. I have to go because I have to uh, order my Wendy's, so I will talk to you guys soon. Heck yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Have a good night.